what kind of things did you do out there besides comedy? Um, went on a hike that I had no business being on. That was like super intense. Uh, <laughs> it was like uh, five miles, mostly vertical. Um, wow. And did a little scuba diving, which was a lot of fun. I haven't done that in like 12 years. So that Whoa. was a nice little adventure. Um, nice. And then just like ate constantly. Uh, oh, uh, yes. Got lucky with a couple buddies who grew up out there who just threw like a lot of really good suggestions our way for, you know, non-touristy priced food, which was That's very great. appreciated. That is really yeah. cool. Yeah. I wish we we didn't really get much advice. We just kind of went out there and just ran rampant, you know. You know, if you get out to the suburbs, it seems like you're going to find some cool stuff either way. You just got to yeah. get out of like downtown Waikiki and you're going to run into yeah, some cool Yeah, because that's where you were. In fact, uh, right outside of our hotel one night, there was like this festival on the street and it was super fun and they had really good food. Oh, oh nice. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what Paco was saying. It's just like there's always a parade or a festival or something going on down yeah. there. Yeah, oh, we thought it was timing. No, it was, it was timing. I think it's once a month. He said it was once a month. <laughs> that's oh, great. red. Yeah, hell yeah. So it was super cool. We were there when that happened and everything. Um, we we did like a sea turtle tour. Was that what it was? Yeah. Uh, it was a little bit overpriced, but it was super fun. You know, they drove us around. We saw places we never would have saw if, if we hadn't done it. Uh, we went snorkeling sure. at some places. We I don't tried think to snorkel. We tried to snorkel. <laughs> I don't think we actually saw any sea turtles, but we had a good time. We did. We did. Oh, we did. So our our guide was really cool. Oh, he was super funny. The this is how I knew he was really cool. The beginning of the tour started at a place that he just wanted to get coffee, and it was Leonard's Bakery for the malasadas, mm. and that was one of the things that we wanted to try. So oh, perfect. Yeah, we stopped there. He showed us all kinds of places, but we didn't see the sea turtles there. He was like, okay, I'm going to try this place. This is where I like to go to just hang out by myself. And sometimes I see sea turtles there. So I'm going to take you guys there. And sure enough, we saw them there. Yeah, he took us to like a a place that was like off the itinerary, kind of like nowhere else goes to. It was was neat. It was was really nice. Hell yeah. Well, let's let's uh let's get started. Sure. Hey, what's sure. up? Welcome to Hypothetical Comedy. I am Funky Sam Medina, and I'm Athena Rodriguez, and we're here with comedian Clay Newman. What's up, Clay? How you doing, man? Pretty good. What's going on, you two? Uh, just hanging out. Just hanging out. Good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. It's like we were saying before we started recording. It old Tommy T's, I believe, was the last time we actually saw each other in the flesh. Oh, yeah, I think that was uh, right before you moved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I moved to to Southern California at the beginning of 2020. Somehow that created a rift in the space-time continuum and COVID happened as soon as I did that, which was very inconvenient for me. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, you guys had to deal with it as well. Well, the show that we're talking about was in February of 2020, and then you moved right after that show, and then the lockdown happened in March. (laughs) About mid-March. The universe was like, are you trying to succeed right now? (laughs) Like, how dare you? I guess we'll no, get you in- stick to Tommy T's where you belong. <laughs> I guess since we have that, since that came up, uh, let's talk about that. Like, what was that like for you moving to Southern California right before the pandemic? Oh, man. I uh, so the plan was to stop in Ventura for a couple months to stay with my grandpa, to save up some money. And I never got to leave. I was there for like a year and a half because everything got locked oh. down. And it's just like, well, uh, I got free rent and there's no work, so I may as well not 
move all the way to Los Angeles. It took until uh, the summer of 2021 for me to actually get out of Ventura and go finally move to the city that I was trying to get to, um, which has been good. I like Los Angeles. It is frustrating for me to like the COVID ends and the clubs open up. I'm like, all right, I'm here now. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> chill. So is every other comedian in the world. There's a long line to get on these stages that were closed for a while. Uh, so it's at least warm. I've got that going for me. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, how far, how far is Ventura from like LA? Were you able to like head down there once in a while? It's like anywhere from uh 50 minutes with no traffic to wow. seven hours with traffic just kind of depends yeah. on the day <laughs> Shit. wow that's crazy wow yeah yeah i heard ventura's got its own little comedy scene too Okay. Um, and i say that's so condescending there's just a little scene down there it's ventura, a cute little scene so you know they're yeah. trying so hard <laughs> <laughs> no but there's a couple comedy clubs um and a good handful of local comics so i wasn't totally bereft of comedy while I was in town. That's good. (laughs) That is good. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Uh, That would have been really sad if you were like, oh, man, I don't like my grandpa, but I could deal with him for like a few months and then just go. (laughs) They're like, "Uh, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, we got to know each other real well. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) But you know what? I mean, I guess the timing for you was better than if you had actually made the move to L.A. and then uh, the shutdown hit. Right, exactly. Yeah. Some um, kind of blessing in disguise, in a way. Yeah, definitely dodged a bullet. There are worse places to be than Ventura, where it's just the beach on one side and beautiful hills on the other. It's mm-hmm. it's a good place to not be allowed to do anything indoors for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, let's and, go. You know, like, if, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, if I didn't have that opportunity, there's no way I ever would have watched every episode of Blue Bloods four times. So I got oh, that yeah. going for me now. Yeah, <laughs> you should uh, enter some kind of Blue Bloods trivia. Maybe you could pay off. Oh, I would rock. I, I could quote every Tom Selleck line in that show at this point. Just every low grumble about how cops are good and other people aren't. Well, all right then. That's good to know. I'll have to remember that. If I ever need any, if I ever end up like on uh, um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and it's a Blue Bloods question, I'll definitely reach out to mm-hmm. you. I got you, man. I know. Yeah, I know that Donnie Wahlberg episode. I've seen it. I'm on top of it. <laughs> what episode was Donnie Wahlberg in? Oh, anyway. So uh, where did you grow up? Where are you from? I grew up in Ventura. Uh, So I've never been very far from Los Angeles. I've never actually lived more than, I think, 10 miles from the 101 freeway. Uh, Even like moving up to Northern California, I've managed to stay somewhat near that. It's a comfort (laughs) zone for me for some reason. I mean, that way, if you have to get up and go, you know where the freeway is. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) I can find it and out usually wherever I am. It's, It's handy. That's cool. That's cool. So um, did you go to L.A. a lot growing up in Ventura? Since you're kind of yeah, so close um, so far. <laughs> you know how it is. Like, we, I don't know if you guys grew up in the same town your whole lives, but after being in Ventura for 16 years, once we all got our cars, it's like, all right, let's get as far as we can away from this. So Los Angeles was a fun option. Uh, we were also about 30, 40 minutes south of Santa Barbara, which oh, is... Wow. Like Santa Barbara, somebody's got an older brother who's going to college there who can get us weed and bad vodka. And so that's usually <laughs> where we ended up going. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. How did uh, how did you get into stand-up comedy? How did you discover comedy and like get a love for it? I was doing theater stuff forever. I came up to the Bay Area to 
go to school at San Francisco State, study acting. Um, nice. That was going nowhere. I was I was doing uh, my friend's zombie musical and working at one of the Ooh. hot dog stands at Union Square. Uh, just like wonderfully aimless. And <laughs> a buddy of mine dragged me to an open mic at the Brainwash Cafe, which oh, for those of you who lived in San Francisco for a while. Yeah, exactly. It's still the best laundry mat I've ever done comedy in for sure. <laughs> I love it. It was it was fun, too. This was like I, I'm not a lifer in San Francisco, but I was there before everybody made seven hundred thousand dollars a year. It was definitely <laughs> a different vibe when I started in San Francisco. And the uh, the brainwash used to be right around the corner from specifically a transgender woman rehabilitation center. And a lot of them felt the urge to try stand up. And boy, were they bad. They were they were not good at comedy. Uh, They tried so hard. There's one woman who all she did was different impressions of celebrity pooping. And I loved her so much. It was, and you know, it's never like they weren't the most innovative. It's like it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ah, ah, it's coming out. Ah. I was happy she was doing it. <laughs> oh man, that sounds like incredible. Yeah, now it's. Right. I'm assuming part of Twitter's headquarters. I'm not sure what Brainwash is doing these days. <laughs> yeah, probably. Shoot. So you were doing theater. Uh, did you do that in high school? Yeah, um, I've been doing theater ever since my parents just needed a summer camp to ship me off to. They chose that <laughs> one. Uh, it's a very cool experience for kids where we got two weeks to completely put on a play more or less from scratch. Uh, just nice plays that you don't have to pay for the rights to like we did um, uh, zero the Latin hero because they couldn't get the rights to Zorro. Uh, <laughs> we did. I specifically remember thinking that Midsummer Night's Dream, the Shakespeare play, was a musical until way too late in life because we did Midsummer Night's Dream, the musical. And then I got to high school and I read it like, oh, there's there's no songs in this at all. There's I don't understand. Where's where's the scene where all the little kids just rush out with bubbles so they have something (laughs) to do during the play? This is different than I remember. (laughs) I like that. I, I I used to do um, plays in high school, uh, but they were very dramatic. Uh, there were a lot of like um, all the theater kids would get really excited if there were elements in the play that were like uh, if we had to make rain, we were just mm-hmm. squirting water at people. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, my drama teacher thought it was really cool to tell us to project but when he couldn't say project out loud, he would go like this for louder. And oh, good. the whole cast, the whole class would be like, I don't think you know what that means. <laughs> and 90s Valley girl calling us a loser right now. Yes. <laughs> I think he knew what it meant. For the podcast listeners, he would put an L on his forehead. Oh, yeah. My bad. My bad. He would do this and then he would do this and it looked oh. a little. <laughs> yeah, it, all right. Audio media, a little, that's right. It looked a little like this, actually. I'm glad that you guys were able this to. Would have been, this would have been after Smash Mouth clearly described what that what that visual is. <laughs> What's an L on her Oh, that would have been out there. Yeah, that's on the same time <laughs> yeah. frame, probably. Yeah, that's funny. He knew what he was doing. I I feel like he it. did. He he could have been acting like he didn't know. Oh, he was acting. Mm. He was, was he that good? More than 
projection. Was he that good of an actor? I don't know. Oh, anyway. Okay. <laughs> so Athena would be super sad if I didn't ask you about this. So tell us about the zombie musical. Oh yeah. Uh it was it was a pretty good, good time. Uh I was I was just in the ensemble, but it means I got to die multiple times and kill multiple <laughs> times. Uh I'm I'm not sure that there's a Guinness record for this necessarily, but I'm pretty sure I was the first zombie to die and then come back alive and start eating my own guts. I'm not oh, sure no. any other zombies pulled Ooh. that move. Yeah, they put like, like I got to get killed and I had this bag full of uh, fake blood and it was like beef jerky and gummy <laughs> worms and just, just stuff as, as much as we could get to look like guts that we could. And so I got killed and I went down and my friends just eating my innards and I kind of come back to life like, oh, innards. And I just start eating them as well. I, mean, I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen anyone do that before. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. That's very intriguing to me. A zombie musical because did the zombies sing? I would think their vocal cords. It's just, ah, it's uh, <laughs> uh, blanket on the movie. There's a movie that's a similar plot where uh, it's this young couple and the girl dies and the guy's still in love with her, even though she's a zombie. So <laughs> she's got some human qualities, despite the fact that she's dead. Uh, and she's got a lovely singing voice. Oh, uh, the nice. rest of us were just kind of we we had like some background vocals every once in a while, but we were mostly just walking around and grunting and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and the zombie song "Brains," of course, probably. I love it. I love yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. That is so cool. That sounds incredible. Yeah, it was a blast. I actually, uh, neither of us knew it at the time. I met what would be my current girlfriend, who I'm living with now, in that play. Uh, back in San Francisco, where she was playing Ozzy Osbourne in one scene, and I was Sharon Osbourne for a little bit. So there that was like some so love cool. there. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. Her impression was much better than mine. She was doing like a dead on Ozzy. I'm like, this is how Sharon talks, and she's like, just watch one episode with Sharon. <laughs> watch any, watch a YouTube clip with Sharon. I'm like, I believe I did, and it was like this. It's like it's not. It's not at all like that. No one talks like that. You're doing a Monty Python thing. Like, so I am. Yes. <laughs> it was love at first, bad accent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ozzy's easier to do. She had the easier deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just got to be like, you just got to make no sense and nobody can understand you. It's like, do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Incoherent, it's easier than high pitched in British. I can't do either of those things. <laughs> That's really cool that that you met your your girlfriend there. Um, how long? I guess at that point, how long did it take for you guys to realize that you were uh, madly in love? Was it years? Uh, it was years. Yeah, wow. we didn't really because she was living in San Jose at that point, just driving up to San Francisco to do the show. We didn't actually live in the same city again until I moved out of Southern California. So she was in LA, then I was in Ventura, and. It just started working out. We just were going on a pandemic era hike dates all the time, which was so sweaty. <laughs> just such a sweaty experience. Oh. But it was a lot of fun. Ventura got real loosey-goosey about drinking in public during the pandemic. So it was <laughs> nice to get her to drive up and just walk around to the beach with some white claws and stare at dolphins. It was pretty nice. That's awesome. That's well, congratulations. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good. That's awesome. That is so cool. I love that. That's our our relation origin story is is kind of similar because when we met each other it was in middle school but then oh, wow. we went our separate ways 
but then came back as adults. At like 29 years old, we came back in each other's lives. 28, yeah, 29, something like that. I yeah. don't know. It's good. It's it's like when they uh, they send Amish people out to the real world. Like, oops, scary. I'm coming <laughs> back to what's comfortable. Like that, that's kind of how I feel. Like I went out the real world. I don't like it. I'm going to the thing that I know. I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what other cool stuff did you do uh, acting wise before you uh, started doing stand up? Uh, well, I am a member of the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, oh, I've done, when I was in the Bay Area, I played pretty much any techie or pothead that was in a commercial for a nice stretch of time. Just, and what's cool about the Bay Area is there are so many new companies and startups popping up that you will do commercials for apps that will get shut down before the commercial airs. Like I, I I don't remember the name of it. It doesn't matter because it never actually (laughs) made it to the the iPhone store, but I did a commercial for this app and it's a great idea where I don't know if you've seen like those um, astronomy apps where you can kind of in real time, I guess it would be uh, AR, you could look and see where in the sky the different astrological yeah. signs oh, yeah, are like a star maps, like what mm-hmm. they are. So I did a commercial, and this was probably 2016, 2017, for an app where it's the same kind of AR technology, but you're looking at city streets and it's showing you where the different bus lines are, how far away they are, what the bus oh, is. Wow. Great idea, but it yeah. just ate the battery we had to film for three days because we're just in the middle of downtown san francisco they got half the crew just trying to keep homeless people out of the shot and meanwhile i'm like battery died again sorry guys i can't the battery's dead on the phone so we're just gonna charge it for an hour cool i'll sit here i'll sit here by the snacks that we're not allowing homeless people to have uh it was that those poor guys wasted so much money we spent so much time because the battery died and then the final shot this is very specific to people that are in San Francisco, but the final shot is up at uh, Twin Peaks, and it's like one of the best views in the city about 10-15% of the time because San Francisco's always foggy as shit. And so I got to just get paid to be driven up to the top of Twin Peaks, look out, watch a sad production crew, just be like, well, <sighs> I guess it's foggy again today. And then we just had to drive back down and try again the next day. It was so, it was such a bummer. They, there's no way around it, but they wanted that view so badly for a product that never came to fruition. Wow. Dang. That's crazy. And they're like, man, this app would have came out. We didn't have to pay Clay Newman to be in that commercial. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Somebody's rich uncle's furious with them because he went way over budget on their product. <laughs> That is crazy. Was that why you were doing comedy or is that still before? When did you start doing comedy? Uh, I started doing comedy around 2012, 2013. Okay. Um, yeah, before that, I was just doing random like theater stuff, sketch stuff, nothing worth really noting. The last play I did was called uh, Bad Hamlet. There's like kind of this. <laughs> I don't know. Some people call it like a bastardized version and some people, some nerds be like, this is actually Shakespeare's real version um, where it's just like, it's, it was the most hipster theater thing I've ever done where like the, you know, the peak Hamlet moment where he says to be or not to be, that is the question in this one. He goes to be or not to be I, that is It's like, all right, now you're just being <laughs> a dick Shakespeare. Now you're just being controversial for no reason. 
<laughs> I think that was the name of the game back then. Yeah, to be I think controversial. You like that? Like that? Shit. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's hard to tell with Shakespeare. It seemed like halfway through every play, he just started jerking off because there's like <laughs> random flowery love scene that seems to come out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What? Okay. Some people get into comedy um, from theater because, you know, it's performance, it's performing. Uh, what made you consider it and say, yeah, maybe I'll dabble in that? I mean, I was always going for the laugh anyways. If you do a play, the only responses you really get is either a good hearty laugh or on the drama side, the best you can hope for is like a hmm. That's all you can. That's, that's the most guttural response you get in the dramas. Oh, hmm. fascinating. And that's just not as it's not as satisfying. And so when I started to go to open mics and I was getting that laugh that I craved so much in theater and actually creating it myself, like they were my lines and my stories and everything. It's just. Yeah, it's, it's that rewarding feeling, but multiplied. Yeah. Wow. And at what point did you decide to kind of switch from pursuing acting in theater to pursuing comedy? Uh, once I realized that, like, especially once I started actually getting paid for comedy gigs, uh, I realized I could just show up 10 minutes before the show starts and do my thing and then leave before the show's done, where if I was in a play, I'd probably get paid about the same, but it would be preceded by two and a half months of rehearsing five nights a week. And it's just, the commitment is ridiculous compared to stand-up comedy. There's so much more freedom in stand-up comedy. It's like if you get in a show, you just don't have a social life for months where oh, wow. now it's like, well, Thursday, I won't accept a booking and then I can go do what I want on Thursday. It's, it's mm -hmm. much easier. I like it. Yeah, that's very true. Does something like theater help you, you know, because you're memory memorizing lines and everything. Does that help you remember like your jokes and what you're going to say? A little. Um, I mean, I smoke enough weed to counteract any memorizing <laughs> skills that I've gained from theater, unfortunately. Uh, for me, it's more helpful when it comes to keeping it fresh, because if you watch a good comedian, more often than not, they've said the thing they're going to say to you dozens, if not hundreds of times before they're saying it on that stage. And it's the same with the, like with a play. You're giving lines that you've rehearsed over and over again, that you've performed over and over again, and you need to figure out a way to make it seem fresh every time. Yep. So that's, I think, been the biggest benefit. It's just not, for lack of a better word, seeming like bored and like I'm running through the motions on stage. Wow, that's incredible. I like the way you put that. Mm -hmm. I never would have thought of it like that. I like that a lot. Keeping it like, like, because, you know, I, I think of it like you got to make it look like it's your first time saying it right. But you, I think the term fresh is a lot better. You have to make it look fresh. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you know, you're just Gallagher up there. People are waiting for you to smash the watermelon. It's not fun. If, like, the audience <laughs> can see the joke coming. Yeah, no, right. You're absolutely Rest right in peace. That. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Gallagher and the sledge matic You fucking maniac. I've never heard. Whenever comics die, a lot of times uh, Facebook is, you know, oh my God. mostly be yeah. reminiscing and then there'll be a couple people who have to give like the edgy counterpoint. Like I never liked his comedy. <laughs> Gallagher died and a hundred percent of the comedians that had something to say were like, uh, this was the time Gallagher was a huge dick to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've heard that. You're yeah. Fucking watermelon guy. It. You're allowed to be friendly in the green room. You don't need to be super <laughs> pompous about it. 
you're right though a lot of comics were like this is the time he was a jerk this is the time he did this this is the time i oh, saw yeah. him walk off stage this is the time he left uh, never you know just whatever like dang that's crazy the, the i never even knew it's gonna get spilled wait we just wait till carlos would see you guys facebook's gonna oh, be sh- very exciting for us comedians there's gonna be a lot of stories just like actually i could top that shitty story about carlos would see you oh man <sighs> i working security at the comedy club I mean, I've had nothing but good experiences. You know, he didn't see me do comedy or anything. He didn't write any of my jokes down. But uh, sure. I had nothing but good experiences with him. He was super fun, super funny, super nice guy. Yeah, it's for every, I mean, for every story about how someone like that is a jerk. I'm sure there's Ted where they're like, yeah, no problem with him here. But yeah, yeah. that's what happens when you meet millions of people is some of them are going to have a bad taste in their mouth afterwards. I mean, it's, it might be different, though, you know, if you're comedy club security, too, because he wants me to like him because if something happens, I'm protecting his ass. Yeah, th- exactly. <laughs> like, you got to pull the feature off of with the feature. She's his like best closer <laughs> up there the next night. <laughs> One time uh, his feature, his feature was uh, saying something. And I guess nobody realized that Mencia was sitting in the back of the club. And he was saying something about Mencia, and then Mencia started heckling him, going, that's bullshit, I didn't do that, or whatever it was. It was super funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not exactly thick skin on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, what was it seemed like for you in San Francisco, you know, just going out there doing comedy, getting paid for shows and enjoying it? Oh, I loved it. San Francisco is such a good place to cut your teeth as a comic. Uh, there's so many shows, a lot of really established independent shows that have been there for a long time. Yeah. And then as San Francisco started changing and uh, the average person living there and starting comedy ended up having more money and better jobs. This really interesting thing happened where as you know, comics who worked in tech started getting more prominent in the scene, they knew how to advertise. Like if you work at Google, it's pretty easy to have your show be the top search on Google. When you look up San Francisco comedy, you could literally type in San Francisco punchline comedy club which is a specific place but still five local shows will pop up before that like do you mean the setup (laughs) do you mean cheaper than therapy like no i meant specifically the thing i type but it's impressive (laughs) that they're able to have such strong advertising but what it means is that as you're working your way up to being in the club all the time there's a lot of really good rooms where you're surrounded by both talented comics and smart audiences and it's just it's such a good nurturing environment yeah and i love that it's um it's so close to other scenes so that you kind Mm -hmm. of like are able to go from like san francisco to oakland and then you have two different audiences that you're working against and even in san francisco itself there are a bunch of different like areas that have different audiences. So you can check your material in different places. And that's what I really love about it is that you get to really hone your skills and fine tune your jokes based on who's going to be there. And you never know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. San Jose, Oakland, San Francisco, completely different scenes and they're all super close together. Mm -hmm. It's very true. It's very true. Uh, Did you travel a lot doing comedy? Yeah, I was lucky to live in parts of San Francisco where I was able to have a car there. I know if you're downtown, that is a nightmare to try to own a vehicle in that space. Uh, But I was always kind of living on the outskirts. And so, yeah, like you said, I was able to travel around the Bay. Um, I always like going north from San Francisco because it just gets progressively more white trash the farther north you go. (laughs) It's pretty exciting. 
Like you get into Marin County and it's so snooty. There's hardly any comedy there. The only real show that's there is the Throckmorton, which is this beautiful theater where they pay you like 250 bucks to do seven minutes of stand-up. It's stupid. I don't know. It, it basically exists because uh, the city has an artistic grant that they're not able to fulfill. And so they <laughs> just like, they just give it to local comics. Um, used to be a like big hangout mm. spot for Robin Williams. And so since it had that clout, they're still pretty consistently large audiences there but then you get up to wine country and it's nice it's you know they're white trash they voted for trump twice but they also know how to like pair their clothes together they're like more sophisticated white trash but once you're past like wine country and get towards mendocino county you are in alabama it is <laughs> in california you just are in the south somehow it's it's really interesting how the dichotomy works and we're only talking like 50 mile chunk yeah. difference that makes a huge difference in audience wow i did not know that that's incredible it's super close yeah uh did you we talked about experiences with other comics did you have experiences with robert williams all being in san francisco saw him a few times never got to actually work with them uh he was always good about kind of showing up to the spots that he started at so what what was always a legendary spot in San Francisco was the uh, this bar called the Holy City Zoo, which back in like the seventies and eighties, that's where you know everybody came up for like Robin, Paula Poundstone, mm -hmm. uh, like anybody that started in San Francisco. Pat Oswalt had to go through the Holy City Zoo. I went through wow. a bunch of different forms before they finally decided they didn't want comedy there anymore. I think it's. <laughs> Last entity was called Dirty Tricks. I don't know if either of you ever did the open mic at Dirty Tricks. But no, but I heard it. Was, it. I know of it. It was sloppy. It like it, <laughs> I've never been in an establishment that smelled more like pee consistently than Dirty Tricks. Just the whole <laughs> floor was just soaked with it. No. Um, but now, even though whatever that bar, whatever hipster forty dollar a glass like whiskey bar that is now uh, next door is Neck of the Woods which still is a strong oh. part of the comedy community. There's still a lot of really good shows that happen there in Neck of the Woods. So it's nice to at least have something next door to that legendary spot. Holy yeah. crap. Now that you mentioned we that, there. last time we went to Neck of the Woods, uh, we were staying outside and we went to the place next door just to see what it was like. And it was a really fancy mm -hmm. bar or whatever. And Robin Williams came up, remember? I don't remember yeah. how. Uh, do you remember how? Oh wow, really? I think yeah. somebody said somebody, that I think, used to do it. Though. I think somebody that was outside with us told us that Robin Williams came up in that bar next door, and that's why we yep. would go check it out and everything. That's really crazy that you mentioned that. Yeah. Do they still have? I remember even when it was Dirty Tricks, uh, there was a balcony that could maybe fit like two smaller yeah. people. I don't know. The, the balcony's still there. For, uh, it's so bizarre. It reminds me of uh, like there's two old people in the Muppets. Like that's the only yeah. thing you can really do is just put. <laughs> two crotchety Muppets up there to have them heckle the comedy show. It was it's such a strange layout, but really historical spot for San Francisco comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is a strange layout because when we went in there, I was like, where the, where did they perform? And it's very narrow. It's very <laughs> yeah. long and narrow. Yeah. I remember yeah, uh, like we probably bar, looked... you have to... oh, Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, if the bartender needs to get from the bar to the bathroom, he probably has to go over the stage to get there. It's, <laughs> it's a tight space. Yeah, we probably looked super weird because we walked in the door. We went, you know, walked all the way down the bar. We looked all around, you know, talked for a minute, and then we just left. <laughs> 
we're going next door we got a well, show for next me door. personally yeah. i remember okay it didn't smell completely like pee in there but it had that musty odor of like wow it smells like there's like carpet in here that hasn't been changed for 5,000 years. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. No, that's the, cause you know, they can fancy up that building all that they want. The pee is in the floorboards now. So <laughs> like, <laughs> the pee is there to stay. Cover it up. <laughs> Very famous peers. Yeah, exactly. That's our equivalent of the Hollywood walk of fame. It's just, you go yeah. down and like, if you smell here, that's Robin Williams pee. <laughs> You see, he signed it and has his handprints. Oh man! So how's things going for you now? I just saw you know you came back from Hawaii. You had a show in San Diego recently. How's how's life out in LA and and doing comedy out there? Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's nice that comedy keeps bringing me to various paradises. Like I'm not going to argue about going to Hawaii or San Diego for work at all. Um, it's been good. I've just been trying to get farther and farther away from home. Flights are stupid expensive and so it's a little tough for comics that aren't headlining clubs to get out there and like like i don't see myrtle beach happening in my immediate future but me and my little prius we can hop from here to phoenix to colorado to vegas and boys is like i'm also a big old california whip so i'm waiting for winter to not be happening before i get too far (laughs) away from yeah no it's true i study a little southern half of the country uh <laughs> Boise's gonna have to wait till spring before I make an appearance there. But I'm looking forward to just getting farther and farther out. Yeah, and no, I know somebody who books shows in Boise. Maybe I'll uh, I'll let them know about you. Please, yeah. Well, they're much too cold right now. But yeah, no, not I, now. <laughs> as soon as my delicate California sensibilities could handle it, I would love no, that. It's cold, man. I'm wearing two pairs of socks. That never happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cold and sweatpants. Boy, he he tried to. Hang on to those summer vibes for so long. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want to. I didn't want a minute because you know it's 118 degrees at one point, and I'm just like, please be cold, please be cold. And now it's uh-huh. cold, and I'm just like, oh, I'm like shivering, going, thank God it's so cold. You know, it's not 110 degrees anymore. <laughs> yeah, LA. I mean, the the first summer I was really here was pretty jarring because Ventura is right by the ocean. Ventura is temperate. It's like so nice. it's not extreme by any means, but it gets cold at night. And then I moved to LA. And I was so used to San Francisco where you do a show and you've been working your ass off up there. You're sweaty. It's hot inside. You've had all these lights on you and you get to go outside and the city is like an ice bath. It's so cooling and refreshing and you just get to stand there and calm down. And then my first time performing in LA, it was in the summer and I come out. I'm just like, it's still, it's still hot. What do I do? (laughs) There's no relief. I don't know like where to escape. I had to find like a walk-in fridge just to feel normal. It's, it's, like, I'm so grateful that it eventually got cold at night here because I was really worried. Like, I think I made a huge mistake being here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. In San Francisco, you bring a jacket uh, all year round. Uh huh. Yeah, and I like that. That's good. That's I, I've got a jacket body. I'm, I'm not trying to be <laughs> out here with these t shirt people in LA. <laughs> I got a t shirt body. So I'll, I'll, I like that. I like that. I never take a jacket anywhere. I hate it. I, um, I straight up forgot last time I came to Northern California, I did a weekend uh, in Sacramento over Thanksgiving and brought like the tiniest sweatshirt, which was very much for fashion and not for warmth. And I'm just like, I felt like such an idiot. Like I lived here for 15 years. How did I forget that cold happens at night? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, during the pandemic, 
one of the things that you were doing that was super fun was uh, you were selling bird dances online. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell yeah, us about that. that. I love that. That was that was a nice project for Wood. We all thought that was going to be a two week long experience. For yes. us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I just want to get a little beer money before I'm back in action. Oh, we're going to be here for three years. Cool. Okay. I realize that. <laughs> Yeah, one of my uh, one of my uh, bits that I do in stand up that because I sell stickers referring to it, I have now shoehorned myself into always having to do this bit, which is frustrating. I, uh, I, I didn't think that through. I did. I, I wanted <laughs> some merch that had a reference to my act without realizing like, oh, now I have to do this stupid act out every time yeah because if you don't people won't get it and they won't no i like if the they don't it's just a sticker of like the, the whole act out is just me acting like one of the birds from that show planet earth where they're just dancing around and being yeah. silly and trying to get the ladybird's attention and i will now on stage have to decide like well uh, i'm not doing that well I'm probably not going to sell any stickers anyways. I don't need to dance tonight. We don't need to dance for the people that aren't enjoying this. I have to make a conscious decision to just literally give up on people like liking me enough to buy my merchandise after the show. And then I don't <laughs> have to dance for them. I love that you have to gauge that on stage. It's, like, okay, it's, not, buy? It's, it's not a bit that you can do when you're bombing. If you're bombing, then like, hold on, folks. What about this illustrious act out? Where I dance around, like no, we didn't like you standing there saying stuff. Like, why do you think we would want that? Oh man! Oh, that's incredible. That's crazy. So there might be audience out there who don't know you at your bird dance. You know? No, there, there, yeah, there are plenty. There are plenty. There are plenty. You're just like, ah, who's that raspy Jew that just talked about animals? Never went anywhere with it. Didn't even fucking act anything out either. That guy. Yeah. Lazy <laughs> ass. I was waiting for him to act out the whole time. <laughs> That's cool. Did you, uh, so how, like, did you have fun doing that? Like, did you, uh, do you have any memories, uh, doing the bird dances online for people, like, for money? Sure. Yeah. Um, it was like, I was very flattered. It was mostly friends who requested one. Yeah. Uh, but I like to take, pretty much full responsibility for Newark city councilman, Mike Bucci getting elected based on my bird dance video that I made for him. He got elected twice in a row and I can only assume I was responsible for one of those. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shout out to Mike Bucci. Woo. Bucci. Great, great friend of the comedy community during yes. the, uh, <laughs> during the heat of the pandemic in the parking lot show days where a honk for laugh and flash your lights for applause. That insane thing that we had to do for a while. Uh, Bucci helped us organize some really cool spots in Newark and help us with the permits and all that. And when the cops came to yell at us, he was there to threaten their paychecks or whatever a city councilman does. I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> That's dope. That is cool, though. It was Newark really came through. Newark, California. Fuck Newark, New Jersey. They brought nothing to the table. Oh. They didn't help us at all. All they gave <laughs> us was when we just had uh, reruns of Sopranos to watch. That was the only thing they were helping us with. <laughs> Yeah, no, but they're the more 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 known in Newark, I think. Yeah, Newark, well, they are the more known Newark, but do they have their own Bart stop? I don't think so. No, they have their own Bucci. I don't think so. No, mm -hmm. uh, well, it's an Italian <laughs> name. I'm sure they've got one <laughs> out there at least. Damn it! Hey, little Bucci, get over here. Do you have anything, uh, little Bucci? 
Hey, so uh, manifest a few things. What are uh, a couple of things that you haven't done in comedy that you want to do in comedy? Uh, I, uh, I definitely would love to hit the road with one of the headliners that I've worked with. I've gotten really lucky with some of the folks that I've performed with, um, especially up in the Bay Area. Uh, Punchline in San Francisco and Sacramento and Cobbs, too, really brings out uh, a lot of really fun, big names. Uh, and that's basically the only way that, uh, people who are doing like the feature slot who are in the middle at comedy shows, that's the only way they're getting the tour is if the headliner decides like, I don't want the guy in Jacksonville. I want to actually bring a comic that I know is going to be funny and not talk about alligators for 25 minutes. So <laughs> yeah, that's I'm really shitting on Florida today. I don't know why. That's <laughs> They did. They've done nothing to me personally. I don't know why I'm jumping on them, but uh, that would that would be nice just to go on like a proper national tour where I don't have to drive nine hours a day in my little Prius by myself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, me working in the clubs, I see I see a lot of headliners coming in, bringing either either their own feature or bringing the entire mm -hmm. show. Sometimes I've even seen that too. Yeah, they'll bring openers. Yeah, they'll bring sense. the host. Yeah, because it's people they trust. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you know what works. You know what works with your audience, because a lot of a lot of bookers, and understandably, they only like they only know so much of what to expect. Uh, and in San Francisco, they're generally not going to put me. Like I've noticed, I don't get booked with like a lot of other Jews. Like I think they just feel like two is too many on a lineup. <laughs> um, especially like I. I did. Uh, there's a really funny comic named Renan Hirschberg, and I worked with him up in Washington. We did a weekend in Spokane and in Tacoma. And Renan is also just kind of like a chubby, loud Jew. And you could just tell, like, by the time he was halfway through, the audience was like, this is, it's been an hour of loud Jew. And we've got, what, half an hour more of loud Jew? That's too much loud Jew in a row. Uh, <laughs> and so I think that's one thing that headliners try to avoid. It's like, I know how the, I know what my people like. They like this funny lady up front and they like this goofy guy after her. And then I can do my thing and they won't be sad when I'm on stage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. And then a lot of times too, uh, where people will discover comics, right? Like, like in your situation where if you're opening for a headliner, they'll see you and they'll be like, Oh, you're really good. I, you know, I like you opening for me. Let's go uh, hit some shows together. I've seen that a lot too. Yeah. Where they just like yeah. just go from down the road, which is pretty fun. Yeah, that's the hope. And there's uh, even like I've been lucky enough to have comics request me specifically for San Francisco, which oh, was great, cool. especially when I lived there. But now it's like, ah, all right, uh, I guess I'll drive six hours to make $50 a show. That Aww. sounds fine. I appreciate you thinking of me. Uh, this is actually much more inconvenient than you've realized. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it isn't a, a three months of uh, rehearsals. Oh, uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> now I'm so spoiled. Now they're like, could you get here early for a sound check? I'm like, you got a fucking voice. You do the sound check. I don't need to be there. for <laughs> You got a voice. I mean, that's true. Cause like I, you know, do a lot of sound checks on zoom and stuff. And that's, you have to be there for that. But another yes. person can be, do a sound check in person. That's that's uh, zoom. is so like I've done with all the zoom shows I've done. And uh, in kind of the height of the pandemic, I was running one with a couple buddies from the Bay area. Uh, we ran two, actually we ran, um, uh, we called it prompt night which is oh like i remember yeah. that yeah there yeah. was it, uh, like nobody really got the play adwords it was very confusing uh 
but it's just a generic prompt show. Like you get on Zoom and then you would see whatever the like just a pun or a couple words thrown together or something that you would have to riff on. Uh, but the other one that we did, which hopefully we're bringing back soon, I've, there's word of this coming back next year. Uh, we ran a drunk Pictionary show where on Ooh. Zoom they've got the whiteboard option, and so you. I played that. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, she was on that. I think, yeah, I think you were yeah. on that once. Oh I think Jeanette that probably booked so you for that. Fun. It's a blast. Uh, it's so sloppy. It's like six <laughs> comedians trying to get six comedians to not talk over each other yeah. while we're drinking and playing Pictionary is a nightmare. I want to say we probably capped at like 12 live audience members. That was like the most <laughs> we've ever had for that show. It was such a sloppy, delightful time. But yeah, like we would we would tell people like you probably have to for this. OK, I if you haven't done this before, please get there 10 minutes before the show. So while we're live, we don't have to teach you how to use the whiteboard. And comics yeah. like, ah, fuck it. I, I just show up when the show starts and every single show we'd be like, no, let's go to settings. Yeah, settings. Uh huh. Top left. Yeah, this is now they're watching right now. Now we're doing this with the live audience settings. Uh huh. Enable whiteboard. Enable. Can you do it? No. Okay. Uh, you know what? How about you just find a piece of paper and use that? Can we just do that? Can you find it? <laughs> it devolves really fast if you get comedians trying to figure technology out. Oh, man. I loved it, though. You guys were so funny. It was such a fun experience. So, yeah, I, I look forward to it coming back because it. I feel like as an audience member, it's it's even more better to watch. Well, we'll, we'll make sure you get booked show. again. I It's nice to have like some friendly faces there because otherwise it's just Chelsea Beers yelling at everybody. She gets, <laughs> that show. She gets real competitive. <laughs> it sounds like every Zoom show that Chelsea is on. <laughs> Who wrote this real shit, life. She's a bit of a yeller. She, <laughs> she is in my favorite kind of way, the angriest person I've ever met. She's right. She's the happiest, angriest person ever. Like I've never met, I've never met somebody who makes such amazing baked goods have so much anger in their heart. It's really, it's a wonderful dichotomy. Oh man, I love her though. I love the expressions on her face whenever she's like doing stuff. It's like, oh, I love animated face. It makes me feel so much more comfortable around people because I'm like, yeah, that's what yeah. faces do. <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. sound weird. That, that, made, that made you sound very weird. No, it's like, I know what you're talking about, Athena. She's, uh, I think it comes from being like, because she's such a good mom. And you can kind of tell like her expressions are mom expressions. Like those are expressions <laughs> yeah. that are made to like gather the attention of a toddler. And that's kind of <laughs> what you need for most drunk audience members. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, definitely. She's, she corrals the, she corrals it up. Mm -hmm. So um, do you have any projects or anything you're working on? Anything coming up? Uh, I am, I'm getting to be about due for another string of zoo reviews on, uh, on YouTube. If I'm on YouTube, it. Instagram, yeah, and TikTok great. for that. If you haven't seen it, uh, I get special guest David Attenborough to come in and the two of us kind of rate and review different animals, uh, on a scale from zero to a hundred. Um, I think right now, currently in first place, I want to say is the bottlenose dolphin. There are five categories, which is adorableness, badassness, intelligence, special skills, and will they make it? 
So dolphins are up near the top. Um, there's some real piece of shit animals towards the bottom. Uh, there's like we covered blobfish recently, which is just oh, a bummer. It's, <laughs> like once you get to Australia, a lot of animals are just kind of lumpy pieces of shit. They don't score very high. <laughs> wow. And scary. <laughs> Some of them are scary. Yeah, the goblin shark is horrifying. That's way too many. Did you say gobble shark? The the, the, yeah, it's like a turkey shark. The gobble gobble shark. No, uh, um, the goblin shark is the shark that is like it resides at very low depths. They've got, I think, like 150 rows of teeth, and each row has like six or seven just facing everywhere, jagged teeth, just because when it's that deep. All, they just have to grab anything and have their teeth not let go. And they do this insane thing. It looks so gross. It's like uh, it's like the little creature that comes out of people's stomach in the movie Alien, where their mandibles, like the jaw, will protrude forward and the back of their face will kind of flap back. It's hideous. It's so scary looking. And it just reaches out and grabs something and pulls it back in. It looks it looks like it's from another planet. It's so gross. I'm so glad they're not at the surface. <laughs> There are a lot of aquatic animals that I am so glad we could just stay out of the water. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's so scary. <laughs> like I've I've been scuba diving, and it's so like you immediately realize, okay, I am not in my environment now. I am <laughs> in the ocean, and anything here could do literally whatever they want to me. I'm just gonna hope they choose not to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's true. How did you? This is uh, that's so like cool. How did you get into like? rating and studying animals and obscure animals at that i always i've always loved animals um when i was trying to figure out where to go to college i was either going to go to san francisco to study theater or to humboldt to study zoology and there's just a little bit too much math in zoology otherwise i would have wound up in humboldt probably would have been an even bigger pothead than i am right now uh <laughs> but yeah like growing up i completely idolized steve Irwin. he was my boy i wanted oh, to be yeah. exactly like him and so just now that technology is caught up to me and i don't need to have animal planet give me a budget to travel the world and film animals i could just sit back and talk about them from my own living room yeah. it's been a lot of fun to kind of learn about them and spin that knowledge into stupid dirty jokes about animals <laughs> I love it. where can people find that that sounds super fun uh, so you can find it on the main areas are YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, I'm at Clay Newman Comedy on Instagram and TikTok, and the Clay Newman, I believe, on YouTube. Uh, but I'm, I think I'm finally starting to pass that piece of shit Clay Newman, who's a wedding photographer. So if you just type in Clay Newman, hopefully I'm the first one that comes up now. He's not even that good. I bet none of the couples made it. Oh, damn. oh man shots fired oh, yeah. i'm so he beat me to all the clay newmans he's like at clay newman and everything like well fuck you i hope your couple's all <laughs> i'm so upset i'm so upset that he beat me to all the handles <laughs> yeah there's actually a, a comic who's in portland named cody webb and he has there's a cody webb that he doesn't know either that he hates because he's also named Cody Webb. He's like a oh yeah, star. he's like a, yeah, he's like a, star, a country <laughs> singer or something, something weird like that. Uh, a a buddy in the Bay Area who you probably know, um, who like when I started, he was Tim Young, and like Tim Young is a great comic, really young guy, got the biggest baby face you'll ever see in comedy. He looks like he's twelve years old. Uh, 
really good uh, videographer. And like maybe three years ago, without any real warning, all of a sudden on social media, it's like Andrew Young is commenting on this. Who's Andrew Young? And I talked to him. He's like, well, uh, there's some alt-right YouTube guy named Tim Young who's gotten really big. So I just had to. Uh, I just had to go with the middle name and that had to be just such a sad revelation to be like well I've got to get either more famous than this piece of shit or just change my name and I think he uh, he might have made the right decision all right people are fucking loyal if nothing else yeah that's some good motivation and that's a good success I didn't even say I didn't say he without notice he changed his name to Clay Newman (laughs) I would have been upset yeah come on dude (laughs) now there's three of us (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell so yeah. I gotta be the real Clay Newman comedy. It just <laughs> longer and longer. The real actual the real Clay Newman. Newman. Twitter's like, sorry, that's that's too long. That's too long of a name. Just spell out blue check mark and put it next to my name. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome, Clay. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh this is the part where I, you know, say plug your social media, but we we got that already. So um thank you very much for joining us. It was super fun. Yeah, you're welcome. If I could just add, if you want to see me uh, in an upcoming show, if you are a two days Prius drive away from Los Angeles, I may be coming to a town near you. Just go to claynewmancomedy.com. Again, don't go to claynewman.com. Don't give that guy your money. He's a terrible wedding photographer. None of those people are happy. They've all cheated on each other. Uh, Go to claynewmancomedy.com. And you can see any upcoming dates I may have, and you can catch a lot of those videos we were talking about earlier. Hey, if somebody wants to have a wedding and they really want Clay Newman to take the pictures, are you willing to give it a shot? Oh. You know, I can officiate. I went I went online to the Universal Life Church and got my wedding officiate license. Uh, yeah. I am I am I will say fast. If you want a fast wedding, I got you. <laughs> I will you will be married in less than three minutes. Boom, done. <laughs> Let's you're like, party. Let's drink. You're like the auctioneer of wedding of marrying people. I, and uh, Mr. Do and she does. Do you? She does. And I would pass you. Anybody text? Nobody text. You are married. Hell yeah! You gotta get Clay Newman to do the wedding and Clay Newman to, to take the pictures. Oh man! And if you're lucky, you get Clay Newman uh, to do the the yeah. wedding dance. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, a wedding too. and a fucking fight if, you, if that's what you want. If you want. <laughs> Maybe a hell of a reception, Clay. Awesome. And he probably he, has no idea I exist. That's the worst part. He probably <laughs> is like, I'm not on his radar at all. That's what hurts the most. That's probably what makes you the most angry about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm so I'm furious. He's over there going, so this is damn comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't give a shit. He beat me to all the socials. He's <laughs> I'm not giving oh, him yeah. any of my work. <laughs> You're right. He does he does nothing to worry about. <laughs> shit. Oh, awesome. Well, you can find uh me, everything I do at funky Sam Medina. And you can find me at She Shines for You. And everything else is at Hypothetical Comedy. Thank you again, Clay. It's been super fun, man. Yeah, great talking to y'all.